Hello, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for BK Wealth Consulting, and welcome to Market Minutes for November 1st of 2021. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a great week. We've got a lot to dig into uh, this week. Uh, certainly, we have uh, earnings uh, reporting season for the third quarter for uh, the equity market. Uh, we have had a, a recent economic growth report, our GDP uh, first view at third quarter uh, GDP uh, came out last week. A little bit underwhelming expectations, but there were some puts and takes, some positives amidst uh, some of the disappointment, I, I, I would say. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we still see some cross currents related to the political environment, uh, the stimulus package, whatnot. Uh, and we're beginning to kind of formulate our thoughts with regard to 2022, uh, at least how we're going to enter the year and, and what kind of the mid-year looks like. Uh, and I think, you know, by and large, the other thing that's going on amidst all of the data that we see is this perspective that we're getting from the Fed on what they want to do with interest rates. And, you know, we saw some flattening of the yield curve last week, uh, which was kind of interesting. And we saw real strong earnings um, from uh, the market and particularly from uh, you know, some parts of the market, not necessarily big tech like Amazon uh, and, um, and, and, and some of the tech companies didn't, didn't necessarily impress, um, but yet, you know, we have seen really strong gains overall in the market. So just kind of dig into kind of the, really the, the key themes of the week. So uh, first of which is equities rose for the third consecutive week. Uh, Non-U.S., uh, equities were down a little bit, uh, but not too much. Uh, so the S&P was up 1.4%. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrials were up four-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ was up 2.7%. Uh, and we saw a little bit of decline, just a very slight decline in the MSCI EFA index and the uh, all-country uh, XUSA was down about eight-tenths of a percent. So emerging markets... Uh, a lot of these indices are kind of anchored by China, uh, and we've seen some losses in China lately. China with the clampdowns uh, and slowdowns and the pandemic impacts to their manufacturing sector. Uh, the emerging markets have taken a little bit on the chin, but as we've seen in kind of charts of the week uh, and as well as we've talked about in these market minutes, you know the, the inter international markets uh, have uh, had valuation movements kind of in tandem with the U.S., but in aggregate, their valuations are lower. And so uh, the question is, do they have a catalyst? I think they do. Uh, typically, international growth lags the U.S. growth, and we've seen such a strong response here in the U.S., but we've seen some lagging response overseas because of some of the disparate economies and less efficient economies, I guess, in some respects, as well as you know, kind of the rise of the Delta variant. But as I think you'll see here in a minute, we are at least getting the sense that the Delta variant impacts on spending and consumption are beginning to wane. Now, we do know uh, from charts of the week uh, that, that, that the Delta variant is, uh, is uh, decelerating. And we know that this wave is on its way out. 
and that's good. Um, so as we look at economic growth, uh, so U.S. GDP for the third quarter, again, the first rating, we'll get two more revisions of this, uh, grew at its slowest pace of the pandemic recovery. It, it expanded by 2% in the third quarter, which did not meet expectations. Um, and uh, so I think, in, in fact, there was a whisper expectation out there that we wouldn't have any growth at all, frankly, because of Delta. Uh, so that was actually taken as a positive, even though the forecasts, you know, perhaps were a little bit stale. But we know that peak growth is behind us. Uh, we do expect some kind of a re-acceleration. Um, you know, we do have a rotation from consumer spending on goods to services. We definitely saw that. Uh, and, and I think that, in some respects, may help to temper inflation expectations to some, some degree. Um, we, as, as we mentioned, COVID infections are on the way down again. Uh, we have the advent of boosters as well as shots available to the younger age cohorts, which is a, another couple of really strong positives there. Uh, and um, and uh, so... I think if we, um, you know, don't make a policy mistake, that's that's really the big issue for equity markets. So uh, we know that there's and and there's a growing expectations of multiple Federal Reserve interest rate increases in 2022. We already know that they're going to commence fairly soon. The tapering, if you will, of their uh, asset purchase program as a way to inject liquidity into the economy. And, and we know that that's uh, going to begin here fairly soon. And when they finish that uh, program or basically uh, get to a point where they're not buying any uh, assets on the open market, uh, they're going to begin to turn to interest rates. And right now there's the expectation we'll have two interest rate increases uh, next year. Um, and, you know, I, and I would say that, you know, with that expectation sitting there as a backdrop, I, I think the equity markets probably move higher uh, as long as we don't um, uh, the, we don't have some kind of a policy error, because that's usually where these markets kind of trip up is if uh, perhaps we tighten too soon or there's some type of um, uh, uh, fiscal action, which kind of constrains growth, if you will. Uh, right now, I don't see that on the margin. I think the Fed is still uh, fairly steadfast in its uh, interest in wanting to be careful about this cycle, not raising rates too soon. Uh, again, uh, but that's that's something that um, that we uh, definitely are watching. And then, you know, as I mentioned before, we are seeing this rotation from good spending to services spending. Service industries experienced a really strong increase in activity, uh, which is yet another sign that the Delta variant is kind of abating here somewhat. Um, as we look at um, earnings uh, real quick, and then we'll get into some economic data and some other themes that I want to kind of talk about. Uh, earnings, 82% um, uh, of the S&P 500 has reported their third quarter results. And uh, excuse me, 82% of those that have reported uh, actually beat consensus expectations with uh, the, the earnings growth rate of really almost 40% year over year. Uh, and that's up from the, the same reading just a week ago. And the overall expectation was that for earnings to increase about 35%. And so where we are now uh, with 
the, the vast majority of those who have reported have beaten by a, a greater amount than that gives us a lot of comfort uh, heading into uh, the, uh, the last couple of months of the year. However, it does set the bar kind of high as we get to the fourth quarter. You kind of, you kind of bump into the law of lar- large uh, numbers. And um, so as you increase your rate of gain, uh, uh, you know, greater than ex- greater than expected, it puts a little bit more pressure on uh, your growth rates next year. And I do think that growth rates, uh, the peak growth rate has passed us. And so, um, I, I, you know, as you look into uh, you, you look into the next few months, uh, you know, we we've. You know, the, 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 this, this earnings performance has allowed equities to kind of move higher a little bit, um, you know, and, you know, in September was a little bit difficult for us, but we, we saw a really stronger October overall. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the next leg up is, is going to be a challenge for us because we've had earnings uh, at, that have driven a lot of the, the, the more recent performance. So, um, and, uh, you know, so that, that, that's really something that we're going to have to get our arms around, you know, what is the catalyst? I and mean, we know interest rates are moving higher. We know inflation remains high, but we have seen lower, you know, uh, inflationary impulses in certain areas as if, you know, some of the inflationary pressures that we saw earlier this year are kind of moderating, uh, even though a lot of producer price inputs are still really high. Uh, so, but but that's not necessarily a tailwind, um, and um, but consumer behavior could be a strong uh, one right now. We have received several uh, different uh, pieces of survey data. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But if we get into overall economic data, so um, generally supportive, I would say uh, some puts and takes. Again, we're in this period where. There's some good data, and then there's some not so good data. But uh, personal consumption expenditures, which is uh, PCE, the Fed's preferred inflation barometer, edged down slightly to two tenths of a percent, which is the lowest observed rate since February. And I think it does hint at some of the transitory nature of some of the inflation that we're seeing. Uh, year over year, core PCE was at three point six percent. Uh, for the fourth consecutive month. And uh, as we look at, let's see, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so, um, and then and if we look at the other data that we saw last week was the Chicago Purchasing Manager Index uh, was up at 68.4. Uh, that was the first increase in three months, really strong number. Anything above 60 in a diffusion index is fantastic. Uh, let's see other news. Let's see. Uh, durable goods consumption was down 26%. Uh, much of that was due to the auto sector. Uh, that was that did take some uh, impetus off of GDP, which is at 2%. As I mentioned, it was below expectations. Um, but uh, we saw consumption on services was really strong at 7.6%. Uh, inventory build, which is something we've been talking about, that was positive. Uh, you know, and, and with all of the supply chain choke points uh, and delivery lead times moving higher, 
you know, frankly, we've seen a lot of cases where things have just been in short supply at the retail level, at the producer level, et cetera. And so it's really nice to see inventory being able to, uh, to be built. Uh, and that, that can have a very stimulative effect on economic growth, a very stimulative effect on the overall uh, economy in general. And so we actually did see that in the last quarter. So we hope to build on that because we know inventories are still light. Uh, the inventory to sales ratio is still challenged. And um, obviously it's, it's not gonna get back to normal for a while because we do still have supply chain choke points out there, lots of container ships uh, that are out at sea waiting to dock. We've got the, the handoff between you know, uh, you know, seaborne freight and overland trucking. You know, we've got issues there where there's not enough staff or not enough truckers to move the stuff. So that's going to take some time to work its way out. Now, as we talk about the consumer, and we had consumer confidence, which bounced actually. It was better than expected, uh, and um, and I, I I'd say I say consumer confidence because. There's you know different ways to look at consumer confidence, and uh, the there's the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, and that's kind of focused on buying conditions. And then there's the Conference Board, which is the Consumer Confidence Index, and that's what I just mentioned. That rose. Uh, that's more of an emphasis on labor market conditions, uh, and we have actually seen some real st strength in the labor market as well. So the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index actually fell, uh, and and they also uh, they also survey consumers' expectations on inflation. Right now, that number is like four point eight percent. Consumer Confidence Index on the Conference Board rose, as I mentioned. You got easing issue, easing fears about uh, coronavirus, uh, and and again in that particular survey, long. Uh, excuse me, short-term inflation concerns are at a 13-year high. And so, uh, you know, you, you do have expectations for, uh, uh, for inflation moving higher. Present situations index uh, was higher. Expectations index, and these are mostly for businesses, uh, actually climbed. And so, you know, again, you know, while you might have some, you know, some negative type information in some indices, you're getting positive in others. Um, but uh, let's see, on the uh, on the economy side, oh, we talked about the GDP. Consumer spending grew 1.6%. Um, and uh, private sector inventories, as I mentioned, were up. They were actually up 2%, uh, or they added 2% to GDP growth. Uh, hotel occupancy, uh, the highest level since mid-August, uh, even though we had a slight decline in the number of uh, diners as measured by the open table survey. Uh, as I mentioned, supply chain choke points remain. We've got wait times for chip deliveries. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're well above you know, normal levels. Um, U.S. orders for durable goods. Uh, we, we talked about that a little bit. New orders for non-defense capital goods, excluding aircraft. And aircraft's been pretty volatile lately, uh, actually up eight-tenths of a percent. Um, and year-to-date, new orders for durable goods are up 23%. And shipments are up 13.6%. Uh, 
So, uh, you know, some of this data is actually really strong, uh, particularly in the manufacturing sector. And as we know that we're beginning to see a lot of life in the service sector as coronavirus concerns are abating a little bit, that's really, I, I think, uh, potentially a stimulative effect that uh, we could really use heading into 2022. Um, let's see. Uh, so on the inflation front, uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, some deeper dive into inflation. So uh, PCE uh, inflation, uh, as I mentioned in September, in aggregate was up 4.4%, the fastest pace that we've seen since the early 90s. Core PCE was up about 3.6%. I did mention that. Employment cost index uh, was up 3.7% uh, year over year. And um, so we saw 4.2% increase in wages and salaries and 2.5% for benefits. And private sector wages were up about 4.6%-ish. And so, you know, that, that's one thing that we have taken note of and I think is going to be an issue because wages tend to be sticky, is that now that we've seen this wage inflation, you can't just snap your fingers and get rid of it. Um, so usually what happens with wage inflation is that you have a recession of some sort and then wages go back down. But in, in this case, we're still in an expansion mode, which I think could last several years, despite you know rising interest rates and so on and so forth. We may be past peak growth, but but there's a lot of room to run here. And I think one thing that we're one theme that we're going to have to continue to monitor, and we're certainly going to be talking about, is this wage uh, pressure that we're seeing, and, it, and it's uncanny in the sense that we haven't seen wage pressure like this in a number of years. So we will we'll definitely want to uh, monitor that labor market. Uh, Initial jobless claims were down to 281,000. It's the lowest level uh, since the pandemic started. Uh, we have had a decrease in the labor participation rate and quit rates amongst uh, you know, currently employed people is extremely high. Um, so participation rate is down from 63.4% to 61.6%. Uh, and then we've seen a really... Um, a really stark increase in the number of retirements. So we've had almost 3 million Americans retire early. Uh, and then that that is a huge component of the basically the five and a quarter million uh, folks that have left the labor force since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we do know that surveys far and wide, quality and availability of labor is uh, definitely, definitely remains a top concern. Uh, and they're having a lot of trouble hiring workers right now. So that's going to help drive that employment cost index or the, the cost of labor uh, a little bit higher. So um, so that's that. Let's see. I'm getting back to the market. Um, you know, I think the internals are uh, still pretty strong, even though, you know, we, we, we saw, you know, Apple, Amazon, you know, large caps, Boeing, you know, big earnings disappointments. But we had really strong offsets overall in other companies, really strong offsets. And, you know, despite, you know, the flattening of the yield curve, um, these earnings from, from some of these high profile uh, names um, and GDP that is, you know, obviously past its peak growth rate, we, we've actually seen a really strong market trend higher and advanced decline 
uh, hit a new record high this week, and it's the first time it's happened since June. Really strong. We see a lot of uh, positive things coming out of private uh, equity uh, and uh, a, a lot of money that's looking for a home right now uh, and finding operating businesses to invest in. Uh, so overall, I, uh, I continue to have a, a positive bias uh, on our investment markets. Um, you know, unless there's a policy mistake that hasn't kind of borne itself out, you know, I, I think all of this debate over stimulus is, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of on the margin because a lot of the spending, even if they approve $1.8 trillion in social spending and another trillion dollars in infrastructure spending, a lot of it's not even going to be spent in 2022. Uh, it's going to be spread out for a number of years. And so, you know, I, I think it's more of a psychological boost to some extent. It may fuel inflation fears if we get it. Uh, I'm not sure the economy necessarily needs the you know, the bulk of the spending, although some infrastructure spending is certainly uh, expected and, and could be used uh, and could help uh, help our economy. But um, overall, the internals are good. Consumer remains strong. Household balance sheets remain really, really robust. And, um, and that, it, it really gives uh, the a lot of strength and support and kind of that wind of the sail of what the investment markets need to really function well heading into 2022, even if overall levels, which have come down, valuations which have come down, uh, are above long-term averages, it can still work to our advantage. So that's all I've got uh, this week. I uh, hope you have enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a wonderful week. And on behalf of everybody at BKA Wealth, uh, be safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.